Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, why Latino startups are booming. 28% of new businesses in the U.S. startups are owned by Hispanics, by Latinos. So that's almost a, almost a third of the backbone of America's economy, business owners. One issue that I believe we don't spend enough time talking about in the local business community is the importance of immigrants and multinational businesses, particularly Latin American businesses and people of Latin American descent. To talk about that issue is my friend Leopoldo Martinez. He's principal of LMN Consulting, and he specializes in the inter-American markets, places like Mexico, Colombia, Chile, business development, government relations. I can't think of a better person to talk about this issue as we are having in this town a real big conversation about immigration and, and immigrants. So, Leopoldo, thanks for joining us. Let's come up with the common definition. There's so many definitions used. When you say Latino or Latin American, what is that defined as? Well, usually we speak about Latinos and, and Hispanics when we talk about immigrants coming from Latin America or other Hispanic countries like Spain, so to speak, uh, but mostly Latin American people coming from Latin America that have already immigrated into the U.S. We, we define our, ourselves as the Latino community or the Hispanic community in the U.S. Uh, it's a large community. It represents now uh, one of the largest minorities in our country. The debate normally focuses on, on the undocumented immigration discussion, but there is a big subject that is not addressed, which is the power the economic power as consumers, not only the workforce that documented and un undocumented immigrants uh, from Latino uh, origin are representing the country, but also the entrepreneurship. 28% of new businesses in the U.S., startups, are owned by Hispanics, by Latinos. So that's almost a, almost a third of the backbone of America's economy, business owners. And then you look across the spectrum, the president of MIT, Rafael Reef is a Latino. He's from Venezuela, my own country. Uh, you have Latinos in NASA. You have uh, Latinos in Silicon Valley who are the, the, the founder of CreditKarma.com is a Latino. So, so you have all these forces that are making, shaping also the U.S. On the other hand, you have Latin America, our neighbor to the south, you know, our partner to the south, where an incredible number of thing, incredible things are happening, interesting things. And the discussion normally focuses on, on demonizing NAFTA and, and, and that we need to get away from NAFTA and, and, and so forth. And, and I think also the facts are not straight there because when we think of NAFTA uh, and the relation, the trade relation with Mexico, which is one of our biggest trading partners, people tend to think about the deficit, the trade deficit there. But they don't realize that a significant part of that trade deficit is because of shared economies with Mexico. And what happens is that you have American multinational companies working in Mexico for advantages that they find there, but then re-exporting those goods into the U.S. at a larger profit or exporting those goods from Mexico to the Caribbean or to the rest of the Americas with a higher profit that they would have if they did it from the U.S. as the platform because they take advantage of other trade agreements that do not apply beyond the NAFTA relation. So, so what happens is that you have multinational American corporations having an incredible opportunity to make profits in Mexico that come back and do not reflect in the trade deficit because it's the capital account. That's money. That's right. American money in Mexico. And, and that's what I define as shared economies. There's a shared economy with Mexico, 
But there are also trade agreements with Colombia. There are trade agreements with Panama. There are trade agreements with the, the Caribbean and Central American countries. And all of that compounded represents a significant opportunity for our economy's exports. I was just thinking, you know, when I, when I thought about this, the, the opportunities that this represents for the state of Virginia, for instance, or for the state of Texas, you know, when you look state by state, uh, Mexico is, is uh, one of the biggest trading partners with our own state of Virginia. It's um, among the top 10 countries to which Virginia exports goods and from which Virginia imports goods. So that's an opportunity. And then you have the phenomenon of the multi-Latina, which are these multinational corporations that have grown in Latin America and are doing business in the United States these days. They're based in Texas, they're based in Florida, and they become part of a larger segment of a Hispanic-owned, Latino-owned business in this country because they are bigger than small business, that they are multinational corporations of, of uh, sometimes are public, public corporations. Uh, sometimes they are companies that have scaled up to the, to the size that they are present in five, 10, or seven markets. And you have very long traditional businesses like, you know, Goya, you know, this huge American corporation of Latino ownership. Last thing before I let you go, there I believe are a large number of Latin American business owners that have been very successful here. Are you, are you aggregating or marshalling those folks together to educate our politicians about the reality? I think we need to. And I think we'll, we, we need to uh, educate our politicians in the potential of the Latin America-U.S. connection partnership because two things are happening. One is that the U.S. has conceded leadership in the region and somebody's taking the place. And the place is being taken by China and Russia, right there, next door to us. Second problem is that when you don't develop these partnerships, issues continue to be a problem in countries that are close to our border, Central America, the Northern Triangle, and Mexico with the drug traffic. When you don't address this with a holistic perspective of the problem, you're going to have migration issues. Mostly the, the migration problem from Central America to the U.S., is related to violence of the drug cartels in the Northern Triangle in Central America. But at the same time, the shared economy with Mexico has created a situation where we have less undocumented immigrants coming to the U.S. because people are going back to Mexico because there are jobs in Mexico. So, so when you address this as a partnership, you can resolve issues that domestically are important by creating economic opportunities for both economies. Well, Leopoldo, thanks for taking the time to unpack these big issues. I hope folks are paying attention. There are a lot of there are a lot of realities here that all of us should be focusing on if we're going to have a conversation about what it means to have an immigrant community here in the United States. Thanks Absolutely. For Thank you so much. Huh? Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. 
Music provided by two DC region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. <laughs>